Hi, this is Julius and this is Pieces to Wait, um, session one on feminism, piece three. And we have uh, Ronald here. Uh, Ronald is an educator and writer. You know, and yeah. Hi, Ronald. Welcome to the show. Uh, I'm glad to be here. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Um, this is definitely something that I'm passionate about, so... I'm excited about being here. Yeah. And actually, that's why I chose you. Um, you are the most vocal in regards to being a uh, feminist, a male feminist. It, I don't know if that's a proper term. And with that, how do you view feminism? Because you're so open about it and transparent. Well, what's funny is that I never really called myself a feminist. Uh, it's the, the term is, is so... Uh, get so much backlash a lot um it's almost like sometimes when you put your when you put that title on yourself you almost put a target on your back so i almost just focus on the subject matter itself and if others decide to to label me that then that's their prerogative but i never say it myself um my biggest my biggest thing is just recognizing um healthy masculinity uh and respect for um for women and women's rights and not and my and and my biggest thing is is getting our boys to recognize that femininity is not a weakness and not to attach um traditionally feminine characteristics to weakness like you know one of our classic phrases is you know uh, you throw a ball you throw a ball like a girl oh, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. so like okay so everybody knows that in order for someone to be to, for someone to say that to someone, it means that they can't throw. So yeah. We're, so we're this always is what implied. yeah. So we're always attaching can't or won't to feminine characteristics within being a man. So it's trying to get our boys to recognize that uh, attaching in in roasting each other, in clowning each other, and doing the yeah. things that you do when you're young that you can do so without uh disparaging the name and the respect level of women in the process so it's kind of that's kind of just my approach to to the whole thing so can you explain the journey have you always been like this when was the point of the awareness um i come from uh i come from a space of um my father was a misogynist sexist uh um <laughs> homophobic um so that energy was always was always there and i didn't realize till i got much older that when me and him did bond it was through uh, a misogynistic lens like oh, some wow. like some of the things that we did to hang out quote unquote would be like going to uh seaport village and making comments about the women that are walking past us like we would do stuff like that and i'm thinking that it's fun um normalizing yeah he'd make comments like uh he was dating or interested in a woman um who didn't speak uh english too well and he basically would have this had this running joke that uh all she needs to know how to say is yes no and sandwich and I'm like, oh, I thought it, I thought oh. it was funny when I was younger. Yeah. And I get older, and I'm like, okay, this is terrible. It's so conditioning. Yeah. So once that misogynistic lens opened up for me, uh, I realized just how disconnected me and him were. Um, as I got older, when I got to college, um, 
it was the first time I became friends with uh, homosexuals prior to knowing that they were homosexual. So I became friends with them, were boys, and then I find out after the fact that they're homosexual, but that didn't change the friendship. It was still, oh, I mean, we still got a connection of some sort. That's the reason why we're friends. Yeah. So when I was younger, that would have been, that would have been a a non-negotiable. Like, I I wasn't about to kick it with with anybody gay. Now some of my, some of my mentors are homosexual men. Um, some my favorite writer I found out later, which is Jane Baldwin, is a homosexual man. Um, and what's funny is that some some of uh, some of those men uh, represent more positive masculinity than some of my heterosexual um, mm. counterparts or peers or people I look up to. Yeah. So that part of my journey has been very interesting. Yeah. Um, and then uh, in regards to coming to grips with my own toxic masculinity and how it, oh, wow. okay. and how it uh and how it uh came out uh was pretty much through my my last relationship or my my previous relationship um and not knowing how to regulate my anger um and I'm not an angry person uh but she was and it kept and because I'm naturally I was naturally passive aggressive it just kept getting built up in me built up in me built up in me until I had a few explosive moments, uh, including the second worst day of my life. Um, and so uh, being in a toxic relationship uh, with someone who kept bringing out the worst parts of me, um, uh, I had to learn how to, how to regulate that. So now, you know, when I feel myself being mad, I know to walk away. I know to mm. give myself 10 minutes to breathe. I know that if I'm in a rage to go in my car and scream it out and, and cry it out and not be afraid of letting my letting myself go um, in healthy ways um, yeah. instead of it being because usually because to be quite honest when 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 most men have explosive moments particularly in the context of violence yeah. um, it's hardly ever the the actual moment itself that causes it it's usually something smaller. That is like the final little nail in the coffin for something that has been building up over yeah. time. Yeah. So what the person does in that moment isn't necessarily what causes the reaction, but it's the three, four, five, six, seven years that you've been holding yeah. in. The trauma. This, yeah, that yeah. you've been holding in this energy, mm-hmm. and then now you just finally have an excuse to release it. And also, is it, um, you know, is it just our expectation as men, you know, being you know masculine, we're expected to be like, just tough it out, man up. You know, like I know growing up, you know, I I grew up in the hood, so there was expectations of like, yo, just man up, just you know, like just keep it in, and then. I mean, those those yeah. are when we're before we hit five years old, we're told we're not supposed to cry. Um, mm-hmm. One of our first toys, good chance, is a toy gun. Uh, we're probably already playing video games, um, and one of our early sports we're introduced to is football. So you're already being told that um, aggressiveness and 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 violence and and anger are okay for you as a boy. So then, by the time you're a teenager, that's what you've been bred to how, how to express yourself. Yeah. And then on top of that, when you have your moments where you try to get away from from that context, both men and women are, or at that point, boys and girls are telling you that that's not cool so 
if you are a boy who's trying to get away from that toxic or that hyper masculinity, which is a, a, a better term to, to use, um, is because uh, toxic has kind of lost some of its connotation over time because people use it so much. How would you define to- toxic masculinity versus you know hyper masculinity? <laughs> what would be the biggest difference? Um, I would say that toxic is more on the on the extreme side. Um, I think hyper is more just uh, wanting to represent traditional manhood at at its highest level. Mm-hmm. So even some some of my some of my mentors, some of my favorite people, I would I would term as hyper masculine, but I wouldn't say that their their masculinity was dangerous mm-hmm. or that okay. their masculinity was a problem. It's just that the the execution of the masculinity just feeds mm-hmm. the narrative of what it means to be male without yeah. giving any wiggle room to the other ways that you can express your masculinity. Yeah. Um, I'm someone who I'm very, very comfortable in my manhood. I'm very comfortable in my masculinity. But at the same time, you're not going to prevent me from getting pedicures. You're not going to prevent me from getting, uh, getting a facial. I'll get a, I'm getting massages. I'm treating myself. I'm pampering myself when I had the money to do it. And uh, definitely, definitely. And, and so I'm not going to hide from those traditionally feminine acts because our society tries to tell me that that's what I'm not supposed to do. Um, yeah. We don't give our, our boys enough space to uh, to examine and to um, freely find themselves because we try to put them in boxes. When, no, I, look, when I look back at my old... And my old pictures of myself and how I used to dress in high school. And I, I looked like everybody else mm, when yeah. I didn't feel like everybody else. You know, I should have wow. been rocking H&M clothes <laughs> in high school. <laughs> I should have been in a cardigan and, you know, and and, uh, and skinny jeans and, you know, mm-hmm. and loafers and stuff. And it would have fit my personality. Nobody would have questioned it because mm-hmm. it really w- did fit me. It's just that yeah. I didn't have, but my self-esteem level wasn't at the level that it is now to where you couldn't knock me off my off my pedestal you couldn't knock me off of my feelings about myself and so it wasn't until I got much older um had my first adult relationship um dealt with uh being told to be because I came into my relationship hyper masculine oh okay that hyper masculinity was drained from me then used against me so now I'm soft now I'm a wimp now I'm these things and so you end up oh, with wow. this dichotomy of who am I supposed to be? Because, and the role of how society must be. Yeah, how, right? how am I supposed to be? Because it, it's uh, we. When I had my book club meeting recently with mm-hmm. uh, with the young men at Morris, we had a discussion on um, toxic on a, on domestic violence, and and okay. I've been on both ends. Wow. Of, and I've been on both ends of it um, personally, and so. Uh, within the context of domestic violence, we started talking about Bow Wow, that Bow Wow situation that just happened. So, Bow oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So Bow Wow, yeah, is, is his like picture, he got slashed in the face. Yeah, his picture looks, yeah. he got scratches, and the girl doesn't have any, and yeah. people are clowning him for letting the girl beat him up, basically. Tw- and, yeah, then, Twitter went. Yeah, yeah I saw then, the tweets. Like, but then on uh, top of it, if he would have turned around and Chris Browner, then now mm. he's a child. Now he's a a, a physical abuser. So. Yeah. So now, 
It's basically a lose-lose situation, and you have to figure out which loss you're willing to take. Are you willing to take the loss mm-hmm. of the woman put her, their hands on you and you didn't do nothing about it? Or are you going to take the loss of uh, you put your hands on the woman? And wow. neither situation. Yeah. Now, of course, the better, quote unquote, uh, the better of the two losses, of course, is to keep your hands off, of, keep your hands off of her. Yeah, o- but, always, always. But at the same time, uh, tox- uh, toxic masculinity is a two way street. It gets fed by both male and female energies. Mm. Now, people, some people disagree with me on that. I don't really care because honestly. When I was younger, I wasn't trying to impress my boys as much as I was just trying to impress the girls. Mm. So, by me, but uh, but if I carried myself in a certain type of way that was seen as you know soft and not this, that, and a the third, then I can't and I can't get with the girls at that time. Then I'm gonna adjust my behavior to be able to fit the box that they were trying to put me yeah. into. So, um, you know, girl, uh, women calling dudes, you know wimps or, mm-hmm. or or punks or oh he can't handle me or yeah. he's too mm. this and he's too, he's too nice and all that stuff. I'm like you're feeding into a, a negative stereotype a of what a man is supposed to be yeah. and so that battle has really been uh, in, in, uh, frustrating to watch because you end up with these scenarios where um you don't know. Uh, you have to really become very comfortable being yourself, because mm-hmm. because yeah. you, you you're going to run into women who are going to be attracted to toxic masculinity. You're going to run into women who are attracted to hyper masculinity. Then you're going to have women who are attracted to emo men. Then you're going to have yeah. women who are attracted to metrosexuals. So basically, you just have to be you. And then whatever yeah. woman comes <laughs> along, uh, that's going to uh, appreciate how you. You know how you come to the table, yeah. then then now you're you know you're kind of good to go. So, yeah. and that takes a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're reversing what society told you since you were literally born. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And then, um, any uh, like any ways? First off, you know, I love what you're doing with the uh, you know the book club at Morris. Um, I think this is where it starts. The youth, you know, like decolonize that training um is there what's called um is there any advice you can give for for any like us males like how could we bet you know yeah how could we bet better um you know just from your experience especially um, what you're doing with the youth because i really agree it starts with the youth you know to break that cycle uh there's a book that changed my life which was uh the will to change men masculinity and love by bell hooks and it was the first time where um, I was able to see kind of what, where the programming comes from um, in regards to how young it starts with our boys. Um, you know, finding out that, you know, male babies are more emotional than girl babies. It's oh, just that oh, our reactions goodness. to those babies are different. Um, with us, it's man up, you know, mm-hmm. cry it out, yeah. uh, figure it out. Um, don't let anybody see you be weak. Like all these types of things, yeah. it's like I feel I feel stronger after a good cry. You know what I mean? Like, give me, <laughs> yeah. There's a reason why we have that mechanism in our bodies. It's to it's to refresh us. Yeah. Um, and so I guess my advice simply would be just let our boys um, express themselves in healthy uh, manners. Um, one of my boys recently, we were we were we were asking, uh, where do you go? Um, 
where's your safe space? Like, where do you go? Oh, what do you do yeah. to uh, when you're angry to not let the anger uh, consume you? One of my kids said he meditates. That's awesome. I was yeah. like, okay, that's powerful. You. Yeah. you know, others is like, yo, I'm, I want to talk to my cousin. Or one was, I need to be alone. Or mm-hmm. another is, uh, um, I want, I'm going to talk to my mom. Like, they all have safe spaces. Yeah. It's just allowing us for the, it's, it's just It's just telling them that it's okay to go to these spaces, to go mm. to these places, to be able to express yourself in a positive, um, in a positive way. Because if you end up not knowing how to express yourself, then you end up in relationships later, and they're expecting this this uh, this level of uh, emotional expressiveness that you have never been trained to do. Oh wow! And you've never and, and you've never been taught to do. And so now you have to make all these mistakes. And sometimes at the, um, and someone else has to get hurt in the process of you making your mistakes because mm-hmm. I've hurt people in my growth process in order to get to where I now am. And so, and it's unfortunate that those people had to be conduits to get to where I wanted to, where yeah. I needed to go. Mm-hmm. And so the goal is that is to get to our boys at a young enough age where those conduits are not going to be necessary when they're older. Yeah, so you start that process at 15, 16, 12, 13 years old where they're like, they're being emotionally developed at the level that our girls are. Can people say, girls mature faster than boys. I, I've never liked that because that's a very individual journey. Yeah. What's, what separates boys and girls is that it's not that girls mature faster. Girls are allowed to be emotionally healthy earlier. Because that's, that's how because they're conditioned. That's how, that's how it's conditioned, is that yeah. girls are being taught at a very young age how to uh, navigate their emotions. The mm, only yes. emotion that boys are allowed to navigate is their anger. Yeah, yeah. And that's um, the reason why we have what we have in regards mm. to you know our violent expression. And I've mm. never been a violent person, mm. but... Have I had violent thoughts? Yeah. Have I had explosive moments in time that I drastically regret, that I'm sad every day that, it, that they ever occurred and that still impact me to this day? Because now I know the level I can get to. Oh, so wow. now I'm uh, on a regular basis uh, um, trying to steer clear of moments that will allow me to get to that place because I'm so scared of what I look like when I'm there. Yeah. Like... I don't want our boys to have to go through what I went through. I had to lose, I had to lose someone who I thought was going to be the the love who I thought was the love of my life because of my um, toxically masculine behavior. Oh, wow. That was both that that I couldn't navigate, that she didn't help. Like it was toxic as a whole. But I had to come to the record. I had to come to recognize just how much. Um, I was at fault in that process Mm. and how much well before her the seeds had been planted on how Mm. I was going to behave in the context of a relationship and so um, one of the things I'm always seeing that women post is is this feeling of women wanting to be loved without the pain Mm. like it's almost as like being able to just get into relationships with us as men and not feel like they have to endure pain in order to get to the eventual love. And I think part of that is the fact that most of us are not ready to 
getting these relationships in the first place. And unfortunately, we have uh, the relationships are the best are the best way to bring out the things we need to improve on. But we have to get in the relationships first. Yeah, no, so, definitely. Yeah. So to get it, so how do we prepare us at a better at a higher level to those for those relationships? Um, so there's not as much pain as necessary for us to get there. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be a long journey, but I, I, one of my credos is still forever and always. Um, uh, it's not that we're going to live forever, but to create something that does. So yeah. if we can put, plant the seeds early in, in our young men's minds that, um, that it's okay to be um, emotionally in tune, that it's mm-hmm. okay to cry, that it's okay to be to show quote unquote weakness, that it's okay to um to feel, um, that it's okay to um not conform to what society tells us is what masculine is, uh, and to just be and just to live and be happy and be joyful, um and to and to bring our particular brand of joy to the world. You know, and then hopefully everything turns out better yeah awesome ronald thank you so much and um you want to promote something some book that's going around changing <laughs> people's lives especially the youth yeah, nice. yeah so we uh so i have a uh, my first novel came out on september 11th which was my birthday um it's called vinnie a love letter um it's gotten rave reviews uh from academia from book clubs from students from the community it's been an absolute blessing um, we're over 400 copies, um, planning on having like a little small get together possibly once we hit 500, uh, but really big party if I ever touch a thousand. Um, uh, and part of the proceeds goes towards a scholarship that we are putting together for a Southeast San Diego black male student. Um, really excited about that. Um, and where and, can you get uh, the book? And you can get the book at rprestonclark.com. Um, I said rprestonclark.com. If you're in San Diego, I will drop it off to you personally. Um, all books are signed. Um, and uh, if I know you already, it won't be some generic uh, signing. Like I, I make sure that I personalize it because one of my favorite parts about having a book is being able to sign it. So, uh, um, but yeah, the book is done well and has um, definitely allowed me the space to, to, uh, to really speak on a lot of the themes from the book. So, it's been a great process. I'm really proud of it. Awesome, Ronald. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, this uh, this piece will be available at your wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, etc., etc., or go to juliusalejandro.com. Thank you. <laughs>